Oh, great Odin's raven. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is, this is ridiculous. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Hello and welcome to Film Pulse Weekly, episode 12. My name is Adam. And I'm Kevin. And today we're going to be talking about the newly announced Cannes 2012 lineup. We also have Ryan with us to talk about a movie we made him watch called In the Name of the King, A Dungeon Siege Tale, starring Jason Statham, in honor of his upcoming movie, Safe. And finally, we'll be making our predictions for this week's opening films. But first, let's go over some of what we watched this week. Kevin, what's first on your list? I have finally got around to watching Young Adult. And I take it you did not enjoy this that much. No, I did not. It's like the epitome of mediocre. Ouch. Ouch. I guess except for Patton Oswalt was really good in it. But that's about it. Because essentially he was just Patton Oswalt. I liked Young Adult, and I like Patton Oswalt in um, this movie as well. I like him in dramatic roles, even though, I mean, I guess this is still a comedic role, but it was more of a serious role, I guess. Yeah. A lot of people are saying that that's his breakout role, but I think Big Fan was probably more of a breakout role for him. <clears throat> yeah, I thought so. I mean, he was really good in this, but I thought he was definitely better in Big Fan. And I, I don't know if that has anything to do with just the writing being better in Big Fan. Yeah, and I think his, I think he had a more compelling character in Big Fan compared to his character in Young Adult. Yeah, I would agree. I didn't <laughs> mind Young Adult. I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was Jason Reitman's best movie, but I didn't think it was horrible. Did you like Juno? <laughs> I did actually enjoy Juno, but like me and you said before, Up in the Air, I thought was, again, I thought was just mediocre. And Thank You for Smoking, did you like that? Mm, That was alright. I think that Thank You for Smoking is still his best movie, and when I first saw Juno, I really liked it, but that was kind of one of those movies where, um, like, now I don't like it as much as I did when I first saw it in the theater. Mm -hmm. Uh, what I like to call the slumdog millionaire effect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of movies like that. But. Yeah, because when Slumdog Millionaire came out, I remember both of us being like, this movie's amazing. And then yeah. I like I watched it again, and I'm like, this movie is... Uh, it's decent. I still think the, the opening scene in Slumdog Millionaire is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it still has its its parts. So that's that's not a good uh, review for what would you give young adult out of ten, just for mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Probably a five. Ooh, that's rough. Yeah. Well, a movie that I would give higher than a five is one that I rewatched this week. I didn't watch a whole lot of movies this week, but I rewatched a movie called Primer. This came out in two thousand four, and it's this extremely low budget sort of science fiction movie about these two guys that inadvertently build a time machine Mm -hmm. and it is it's the type of movie that you have to watch several times and it's the type of movie that you have to think about for like half an hour after you watch it like you need to dedicate some time after you watch it to really try to figure out exactly what you just saw because they don't dumb anything down in this movie. They don't explain anything like how like how they're making it and, and that type of thing. You just kind of have to roll with it and pay attention to what they're saying and what they're doing. And because it's about time travel, it gets incredibly confusing. And one of the reasons that I went back and watched this is because of Looper coming out and... I heard that the writer and director of Primer, his name's uh, Shane Carruth, he is, I heard that he was brought in as a consultant on Looper Mm -hmm. to try to get the whole time travel thing, you know, just right. 
Now this this movie, like I said before, it's extremely low budget. It was only ma- it was made for seven thousand dollars, I think. Wow. And yeah, so but it's absolutely worth checking out. I cannot. I mean, if if you like movies that make you think, this is the ultimate one because at for the first viewing you'll just be like what the hell did i just see i don't understand and they have youtube videos that try to break down the movie and explain <laughs> it and try to help you understand exactly what happened in the movie but it's it's great if you like uh time crimes which i know you like that you would definitely oh, i love time crimes you would definitely like primer it's mm-hmm. very similar to time crimes in how they do it like they don't go like back to the 40s or anything like that they go back one day so they go back to like earlier that morning Mm. and they don't go forward in time they only go backwards so but they keep doing it over and over and it kind of tests their friendship and their trust with each other and it's just a really really fantastic movie Yeah, I've been wanting to watch this for a while. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth a watch. What is next on your list? Oh, I watched uh, Into the Abyss. Okay, and uh, I saw that a couple weeks ago. What did you think about this? Uh, I liked it. It's a very heavy movie. Oh, um, yeah. But it was completely different than most Herzog documentaries. Mm-hmm. He really didn't add anything to it no you know, he, yeah you know how he usually like gets all philosophical and throws in his opinions and his thoughts mm-hmm. he didn't do any of that with this movie yep just sort of you know talking heads just being interviewed yeah i liked it i, th- I still thought it was really good I, as a side note that reminds me I found out that the albino alligators that he discussed in Cave of Forgotten Dreams were not real. They weren't real? Yeah, they weren't real. He made them up. Wow. Yeah, he's, he's, he, been, he's been known to do that. <laughs> he just thought that that'd be something cool to put in there. He is a very odd person. Like, uh, what was the story? It just came out this week that it took him 35 years to discover that John Waters was gay. <laughs> He had no idea. Oh. And when he was on, when he, when he was on The Simpsons, he thought it was a comic strip. He didn't know that it was an actual show. He's a very interesting <laughs> character. Plus, I, when he was being interviewed, he got shot, which is awesome. I would and like just to continue to interview, <laughs> and he sa- and he saved Joaquin Phoenix's life. What? By the way, yeah, I, I didn't know about that. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix was in a car wreck, like, right outside his house, and he pulled Joaquin Phoenix from the car. When was this? Like, a long time ago? It was, like, a couple years ago, I think. I want to make a documentary about Werner Herzog. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And I wanted to... (laughs) And then to have it be narrated by Werner Narrated by him. (laughs) Because I actually just bought... uh, There's a book, a new book that came out about Werner Herzog in the making of his movie Heart of Glass and I just bought I haven't started it yet hmm. but uh, the thing is during that movie he used hypnotized actors That's he would hypnotize weird. them before they started filming very interesting very interesting guy Night the Trees Disappear is the name of the book get it on Amazon that's where I got it filmpulse.net of... click on the banner by Werner Herzog's book. Now he didn't. He didn't write. Did he write it? No, no, no. Okay. It's written by a guy that worked with him on a couple of movies. Okay. The only other movie I saw this week is a French film called Police. I believe that's how it's pronounced. This is sort of about uh, the basically the French equivalent of SVU. Mm. It's they call it. Uh, CPU over there, which is Child Protective Unit, and it sort of just goes through the day-to-day life of this police unit. Uh, I think there's about maybe six or seven people in the unit, and it, it doesn't focus on one specific case. 
it just kind of goes through their day-to-day lives and it's pretty it's pretty interesting it's it's shot almost almost like a like it's a documentary <laughs> it's it's pretty good uh the ending is leaves a little bit to be desired and maybe so, I'm looking at it right now and someone just puts the ending is really awful oh really yeah the ending the ending is kind of disjointed i like, i don't quite understand it i'd like for you to see this movie so we can kind of discuss the end yeah i i remember when this because i think this played at last year's con mm-hmm. or can sorry i already did it and uh <laughs> <laughs> uh i just remember I, I read a couple of reviews about it back then and i said i think they were saying that it's extremely over the top the end or the whole movie the whole movie i guess um it's really dialogue heavy like i mean it it's obviously subtitled and it wears you out i mean it's just non-stop dialogue it's almost like aaron sorkin wrote it mm. it's very fast there's because it's a relatively large cast of main characters there's just constant talking and they talk over each other a lot so it is kind of you know yeah which uh, is hard to do with subtitles yeah it's <clears throat> it was written and directed <clears throat> by i don't know how to pronounce her name my wen single name my wen i guess she was the only thing that i really knew her uh for was being the friend in high tension the one that is not the main girl in high tension, but her best friend that mm. it, it, well, I can't, it's, it's hard to talk about that movie without giving away the end, but I didn't like it by the way. High tension. Mm. Did not like it. But uh, the funny thing is, is uh, in this review that this person wrote on IMDb, it just, it says the ending is really awful, but in the same line, it says, go and see this masterpiece. <laughs> Just, I don't understand how it can be a masterpiece if the engine is really awful. It's not a masterpiece. It's confusing. The The writer-director, Mai Wen, she's in it as well. She She's one of the characters. And I didn't understand why she was in it at all. And I didn't like her character. And that, I think, is one of the downfalls in the movie is I didn't like a lot of the characters. Mm-hmm. But it's still worth mm, checking out, I would say. I, I would like to talk to you about the ending just to see what your thoughts were on it. Um, but that's all I saw this week. Uh, I've been watching a lot of... My girlfriend and I started watching Avatar The Last Airbender because the new... Uh, the sequel, Korra came out and it's been getting rave reviews all over the place and I decided to give Avatar The Last Airbender a shot and both of us have been really really enjoying it it's just a fantastic show and my girlfriend's not into anime whatsoever and I know that this is Avatar is an American cartoon but it's drawn like a traditional anime. Yeah. But it is just great. It's not just for kids. I would highly, highly recommend that one. Yes, I've also been... Because I haven't seen that many movies this week either, and that's because I've been watching Game of Thrones. Oh, boy. Finally got those. Where are you at? I just finished third episode. It gets pretty crazy. Yes, I'm enjoying it, which is odd, because I really didn't think I would like it at all, because it's not my kind of thing. Not into the the fantasy? I'm not really into fantasy, nor medieval times. I don't know if it's necessarily medieval times, but... Well, it's kind of a set in a different world, so we could probably assume that it is. Yeah, I pretty much hate anything that takes place in that time period. But not this, not Game of Thrones. I enjoy it so far. And the, the opening scene 
the first episode is one of the greatest things I've seen on TV ever. Well, I think it's one of the greatest shows on TV right now, at least. It's just fantastic. It's like a movie. It's like mm-hmm. watching a new movie every week. It's so good. Yes. I think that does it for what we've been watching. You want to do some Ryan Watches a Movie? Yes, please. Let's get it going. This is Ryan Watches a Movie, where we get our friend Ryan to watch a movie and report back to us on if it was good or not. Oh, no. Oh, the little kids got naked and had lots of sex. <laughs> Welcome back, Ryan. What movie did we have you watch this week? In the name of the king, a dungeon tale. <laughs> a dungeon siege tale. Yeah, well, yeah okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And there we go. Do you want to redo that? No, we can't redo it. That's what makes it funny. In honor of the movie Safe, starring Jason Statham... We picked out 2008's In the Name of a King, A Dungeon Siege Tale. Got a 4% on Rotten Tomatoes, directed by the infamous Uwe Boll. The IMDb synopsis states, A man named Farmer sets out to rescue his kidnapped wife and avenge the death of his son. Two acts committed by the Krugs, a race of animal warriors who are controlled by the evil Galleon. Uh, the film stars Jason Statham, Lily Sobieski, John Reese davies Ron Perlman, Matthew Lillard, Ray Liotta, and Burt Reynolds. Before we get into what you thought of it, Ryan, let's go ahead and hear the trailer. This is for In the Name of the King, A Dungeon Siege Tale. Majesty. Krug. They killed off our entire <laughs> scouting party. Hordes of Krug are ransacking the land. Darkness threatens. Dunter! Solana? Now you can't see it, but just imagine epic ap- action taking place right now. <laughs> what do you know of a man they call Farmer? Does my father despise you so? He has used you to destroy me. Tomorrow we march on Crystwind Hole. The approaching Krug outnumbers 20 to 1. Okay, I think we get it. Get him. Krug are everywhere. Get him, Jason Statham. Get him. <laughs> I think we could probably make a drinking game out of that movie to see how many times they say Krug. Krug. You can make a drinking game and see how many times they make sense. And drink every time it doesn't make sense. Krug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the fact that your audio is all messed up makes it sound even better. I'm so, I don't know what's happening. What did you think of In the Name of the King, Ryan? Terrible. Waste of time. <laughs> it was... Uh, I don't know. Uh, it was. It was just. I wouldn't like it because I like Jason Statham, but it was fucking retarded. <laughs> Burt Reynolds, <laughs> terrible. Jesus, like the fighting. That, that was cool. Like the choreograph fighting. That was alright, and I could watch that Tobiaski chick all day. But the rest of the movie is just bullshit. 
Again, again, I didn't, like, after I watched this, I felt like this movie didn't need to be made. Because... (laughs) (laughs) I just... (laughs) I felt like it didn't need to be made. Like... It felt like I was watching... Movie was kind of in depth towards the beginning, and then like about halfway through until the end, it just felt like they made whatever happened to fill in the holes in the story. But it was what. Well, this was directed by Uwe Boll, who's famous for making terrible movies and also famous for making video game adapted movies and this is a terrible video game adapted movie i remember playing dungeon siege at your mom's house kevin when we were young yes on my laptop and i love the game but i remember when this movie came out i don't i really don't think it has anything to do with the game other than the name i'm not sure if it has anything at all to do with it Maybe the Krugs are in the game? I don't even remember. Oh, Ryan, tell, can you tell us a little bit about the Krugs? I'm interested the about Krugs the Krugs. Are, all right. Ray Liotta is teaming up with Matthew Lillard. Because Matthew Lillard is the nephew of the king. And, by the way, the king is played by none other than Burt Reynolds. Nice. Uh, yeah, that was terrible, too. The Krugs are basically, like, they're not, uh, it's hard to explain, they're not real people, they're okay. controlled by Ray Liotta, who is a magi. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what they call him in the movie, a few times. <laughs> they call him magi. Magi. Mm. And he, like, controls them. And he controls, like, the leader of the the Krug. But there's, like, seven or eight leaders that are all the exact same person. But they're all made up, so when they die... Then Ray Leonard, I just missed another one. And, like, he's never in the heat of the battle. He's always in some mysterious place, drawing shit with his mind. Mm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Krugs. Okay. Yeah. When I watched the trailer for this, I thought that the Krugs looked like uh, the putties from. Power Rangers. Yes, <laughs> that's what I thought too. The Krug. That's what they look the like. The Krugs are in the game, by the way. Are they? Yeah, I didn't even remember. They also have uh, Droogs. Were there Droogs in the movie? Because there's uh, Droogs in the game. I never heard the name Droog. Droogs. 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 <laughs> there's even an ancient dragon named Scorch. There's definitely not a dragon in this movie. Uh, well, this had uh, this did have a nice budget, sixty million, uh, grossed thirteen million worldwide, only two point nine eight uh, million domestically. This is probably Uwe Boll's largest budget yeah, film, yeah. and it it also <clears throat> begs the question: How does he keep getting money to it's, make? That's what I want to know. How did he get sixty million to make? And how did he get these people? Right. That's probably why the movie budget was so large. There's so many, like notable names in this movie. Yeah, but see, by this point, Uwe Boll already made. uh, If I'm not mistaken, he already did Alone in the Dark, and he did House of the. House of the Dead by this point I believe and those were complete bombs he also did Blood Rain Rain. that was the movie right before this one so with those 
you know, already done, what studio would be like, oh, you know what? Let's let's give him like sixty million dollars to make another one. Exactly. And the, the even weirder thing to me is, okay, Blood Rain was terrible, and he still got money to make a Blood Rain two and a Blood Rain three, and he even made a second in the name of the king. There's an yeah, in the name of the yeah, king too. Yeah, and stars Dolph Lundgren. You're damn right it, it does. It's uh, I think it's uh, like a modern day person that goes yeah. back into the past. That sounds here's, here's, absolutely terrible. Here's the thing. Like, okay, so the first one's called In the Name of the King, A Dungeon Siege Tale. Don't you think the second one would be called something else, A Dungeon Siege Tale? No, yeah. because of... I read that because the first movie was not well received, that he wasn't allowed to use Dungeon Siege in the title. <laughs> oh, for the since, it, since it wasn't well received, they're like, "Here you go. Here's funny to make a sequel, but you can't have a Dungeon Siege tale in the title." Yeah, I think that was the you know the people that made the game were like, you know what, <laughs> we're gonna call it quits. Yeah, this is the same guy that also did the Far Cry movie, which could have been so good if they gave it to somebody else. I think the idea of a Far Cry movie would have been great, but he completely f***ed that up. He's also doing a movie called Zombie Massacre, which is based on a Dreamcast game. Yes! (laughs) So, I just don't... I don't understand Uwe Boll. I've seen a lot of his movies, I'll be honest. He did uh, The Postal movie again based on the game i see that he did a movie called rampage is that based on the game no no that's 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 actually i did see rampage and that's actually more like postal than the actual movie postal it's just it's like about some kid that just decides to go nuts and just goes on this killing spree and it's actually i would say one of his better movies i actually I'm sad to say, almost embarrassed to say, I kind of enjoyed Rampage. Unbelievable. I like the guy that's in it. His name's Brendan Fletcher. I know we're getting off track here, but I like that guy. Gotcha. It just blows my mind that this guy also made a Auschwitz movie and a Dark Forward movie. Mm-hmm. And the the movie he made after Auschwitz, Blubberella, he used the same set and the same cast he made both movies at the same time simultaneously. So like when he was, when he was done filming for the day for Auschwitz, he used the same sets, same cast, same everything for Blubberella. Wow. That's two terrible movies. The exact same time. He's probably going the Guinness book of wild records for that. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Yeah. He, he's just, uh, he's such a character and like he um, a few years back I don't know if you guys heard but he challenged his critics to a boxing match and it actually happened mm. and a lot of his most outspoken critics agreed to fight him in a boxing ring nice. I'll fight him and he knocked he knocked every single one of them out he beat he beat like 10 dudes in a row I'm a, I want to be the 11th. I'm saying right now, if this guy can hear this podcast, I want to fight him in a boxing okay. match. We'll set it up. We'll try, we'll try. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it surprises me, and of course I'm reading this off of Wikipedia, so I don't know how true it is, but he has a doctorate in literature. The guy has a damn doctorate, and yet he yeah. makes terrible, terrible mm. movies, which I'm happy to say I have not seen any of them. Really? Not not one. Not one. Oh man, you're missing out. You need to. You and Mary need to have a, an Uve Bowl weekend <laughs> where you just rent. You, you just get like four or five of them and just watch them all. I'll I'll be honest with you. I saw a lot of them. I saw 1968 Tunnel Rats, <laughs> which was uh that one was famous because it didn't have a script. Uh, he just kind of got these guys together and <laughs> just had them do their thing. Wow. In the name of the king, I did 
see that. I know that normally we like to send you movies that we haven't seen, Ryan, but I did see most of that years ago, probably when it came out. I couldn't get through it. It was so long. I think uh, In the Name of the King, the theatrical version is 125 minutes, and I think that he has a director's cut that he came out with. It's like 150-some minutes. Fantastic. Which is just just too much. How was Statham's performance? He was he was alright. I mean, like I said, I like I liked him fight because he's good at that kind of stuff. But a this movie again made no sense. B the people that were cast, yeah, they were good people, but they were cast in the complete wrong role. Like Matthew Lillard, why the hell would he ever be in a serious role? He's done, he's, a, he's done a couple of serious roles. He seems, every time I look at him, I just think he's fucking goofy as shit. Serial, uh, what's his name on Hackers? Serial Killer? Uh, he, yeah, Wasn't yeah, 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 yeah. I think. But it was it was spelled like C E R serial. <laughs> yeah, uh, clever. Uh, this was also nominated for five Razzies, including yes. <laughs> including worst picture, worst screenplay, worst director, worst supporting actor for Burt Reynolds, and worst supporting actress Lily oh. Sobieski. Now I don't care how much you like Lily Sobieski, Ryan. I think she's pretty terrible. Well. The fact that she can't act only sends her out of Hollywood and into my arm. There you go. <laughs> in fact, I think, uh, what's her, what was she in last? Oh, she's in, she was in one episode of The Good Wife, so that right there tells me that her career is pretty much done. You, you know that an actor's career is done when they do one episode of, uh, like a, a TV procedural, like Law and Order. <laughs> Speaking of which, Matthew Lillard was on SVU once. He was. I remember we talked about that on a previous podcast. Burt Reynolds in this movie, he was terrible. And just the overall dialogue in this movie is awful. Like, I felt like they forced themselves to talk like they were in medieval times but then five minutes later it was like they were in normal times talking normally yeah that's probably mostly due to bad directing however there are four writers on this doug taylor jason rapaport dan strong and chris taylor who's the guy that made the game i don't know if he actually wrote any anything with the movie and Ron Perlman he, Ron Perlman he was alright in this movie like when I think of him I think of like I don't think of Hellboy I think of like sort of a quiet char- character and he was quiet and he did I mean he didn't have any like outrageously stupid lines in this movie I thought he did a pretty decent job all around. Yeah, we've talked about Ron Perlman um, on the podcast as well. He he does some really good stuff, and he does some really crap stuff. I mean, it's like we just yeah. we just posted a review for the Danny Trejo movie Badass. He was the villain in Badass, and our contributor that reviewed it gave it a .5 out of 10. So, and then on the flip side, you have him in Drive. Yeah. So he's he he's really inconsistent in his roles. Yeah. Yeah, he's a little all over the place. Claire Claire Forlani, or uh, is that I said Forlani? Mm-hmm. I used to be I used to be love with her, but she's dumbest shit in this movie. Like again, her dialogue. Like, she's Jason Statham's wife, and when she's, like, talking to him or someone who knows in the movie, she, like, talks all mid-evil-ish, but, like, 
<laughs> At other times, she just talks like she's in an everyday situation. I don't like her. I, I don't think she's a very good actress at all. I'm sorry, Claire. You're not very good. Wow, that's rough. I mean, you, you, even in Mallrats, just not very good. What was that movie? Antitrust. Ugh. <laughs> you and I went to see that, didn't we, yeah, in the theater? Yeah. Room? So bad. I think I thought I saw that too in the theater with you guys. Maybe that, was, oh, maybe man, did. Man, that was a long ass time ago. It was. Yeah, it was the terror. Any final thoughts before we give you your drum roll, Ryan? Just don't even bother watching it's fucking stupid. It's got a stupid name. The movie itself is stupid. <laughs> Save your Save your time and watch something else. I, I want to say that, um, like earlier in the interview when he said Krugs, I would like that to be put in with the. In the yeah, intro. so it's like Crawl Krugs. <laughs> Will do. Absolutely. All right, Ryan, I'm going to give you a drum roll. After the drum roll is over, you say the score, and then. Okay, when it's over, right? No, no, I'm sorry. When, like, during, well, at some gonna, point during the drum that's roll. That's going to do it anyways. Yeah. During the drum roll. So I'm going to play the drum roll, and then you say it during the drum roll. Got it? All right. No, he doesn't. And I have it, I have it turned, turned low so we can hear you. I'm going to go with the five. Perfect. Five. Five out of ten. It was, it was... Better than the movies I previously watched while well, I saw it. But it still wasn't good. Was it better than Crawl? Wow. I'm going to say yes, only because Crawl was made in... When was it made? 81? And this yeah, was Crawl. made in 2007. <laughs> there you have it. I love that. <laughs> That's the deciding factor. This one was made earlier. <laughs> In the name of the King of Dungeon Siege Tale, long ass title, Ryan gives it a 5 out of 10. And I'm also gonna call it In the Name of Burt Reynolds, a shitty movie. That's the, the tagline for is that your Is that your summary? Yeah. Is that the summary yeah. you want for the yes. site? <laughs> okay. You don't get to pick your summaries. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think we'll probably go with that one. <laughs> it sounds good. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Thank you very much for being with us again. Uh, if you listeners want your own copy of A Dungeon Siege Tale, yeah, just head on over to our site, click on the Ryan Watches a Movie section, and there will be links to the DVD and Blu-ray versions of that movie. I know you want to see this on Blu-ray. Thank you once again, Ryan, and we will see you next week for another thrilling movie. No problem. See you later. <laughs> Let's talk about some Amazon deals. First up, we have Game of Thrones, the complete first season, since you mentioned that. On sale right now on Amazon for $33.99 on DVD. Mm, that okay. is, that's a pretty good deal for the first season. Is that Blu-ray? That's DVD. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the Blu-ray's forty-three ninety-nine, which is still a pretty big discount. It's normally seventy-nine ninety-eight. Wow! So if you haven't checked out Game of Thrones, buy it on Blu-ray because it's it's really good on Blu-ray. That is. We also have Terminator Two: Judgment Day on Blu-ray five forty-nine. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me! Five forty-nine. Yep. And Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid on Blu-ray for fifteen ninety-nine. Mm. That is a fantastic movie, a classic. Uh, we also have Rocky, the original Rocky on Blu-ray, twenty forty-nine. Not a great discount, still worth it. Mm-hmm. If you want to check out some of the DVDs and Blu-rays that we've been talking about during the week on Film Pulse, all you got to do is go to our site and click on the store link. And you can also click on the Amazon banner, shop as you would normally, and you'll be helping out the show greatly. We appreciate it very much. 
Let's talk about this year's Cannes Film Festival. Mm. Now, I think what we're going to do is I'm going to spout off my top five most anticipated, and then you'll do your five, and then we'll just kind of talk about the ones that we want to talk about. So here's my five that I'm most interested in. First, Cosmopolis. Mm -hmm. Second, Moonrise Kingdom. And this is in no specific order. Gotcha. Uh, Killing Them Softly, which was formerly Coggins Trade, Lawless, and Mud. Those are my mm-hmm. five most... What are your five? Uh, my five, I guess, uh, default would be Moonrise Kingdom, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, Holy Motors, Lawless. So I got, I got three right now. Uh, like someone in love. Wow, there's actually a lot of movies that I'm excited for. It's hard to put in five. Yeah, it is. Almost all of them. And mm, I'm gonna go with Post Tenebras Lux. I have no idea if I said that correctly or not. Probably not, but that's alright. Nah, but yeah, that looks to me looks like what um, Tree of Life should have been. Could be. Let's talk about, what do you want to start with? Let's talk about Lawless, since that's on both our lists. This is the new uh, John Hillcote movie. This stars Tom Hardy and your favorite actor, Shia LaBeouf. Mm. He's the best. Also has Guy Pearce in it, Gary Oldman, Jessica Chastain, Mia Wasikowski. Just got a ton of people. This is a Western. Very excited for this one. Sounds like it's really cool. I like uh, John Hillcote. He did The Road. Very excited for this one. I I like Westerns. I'm into Westerns. I'm sort of into Westerns. Now, this is based off of a novel, correct? Like, the what is it? The Wettest County? I think so. Yeah. True story. The Wettest County in the World is the novel. And Nick Cave actually worked on the screenplay. Which I did not know. I think that one time this it was called that, wasn't it? It was just called the wettest county in the world. I think I think it was. Yeah, a lot of these movies have some name changes and stuff in them. So, because there's another lawless movie coming out. Yeah, there is. Isn't uh, it Terrence Malick too? Yeah, I think so. That's got that's got a lot of people in it as well. The yeah, other, it does. The other lawless. How's that possible? I don't know why they're doing that that's the one the other lawless is with ryan gosling and rooney mara yeah and yeah and it is the terrence malick one so i wonder how terrence malick feels about them changing the name to lawless uh he probably doesn't like it the other movie that i'm interested in is called mud this is the new jeff nichols film now he did shotgun stories and take shelter which i absolutely loved both of those This is uh, with Matthew McConaughey and Reese Witherspoon and, of course, Michael Shannon. Sounds kind of interesting. I don't know. I'm sure that they'll put together something great with this, but sort of about these uh, a kid who finds this fugitive and decides to help him escape. Yeah, this sounds, and this is something that I wanted to mention. Matthew McConaughey, what a turnaround. Yeah. Did this you, guy has completely you? changed his career. He made Fool's Gold not <laughs> too long ago. Fool's Gold. Did you see The Lincoln Lawyer? I did not, but I heard that he was really good in that. Excellent. It was an excellent film. He sounds like he's going to be good in Bud. He sounds like he's really good in Killer Joe. Yeah, he's in Magic Mike, too, the new Soderbergh movie. Yeah, he made Fool's Gold. Not too long ago. <laughs> uh, talk about a turnaround. I always liked Matthew McConaughey, though. Like, I know a lot of people give him crap, but I always liked him. It's just... I don't think we need I to talk about Moonrise Kingdom, just because that's everybody's going to be talking about <laughs> Moonrise Kingdom. That's one of those on that's coming out at, at Cannes that probably doesn't really have to. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. And but, there are a few other movies that are coming out at Cannes this year that 
don't have to. Most notably, Madagascar Three. <laughs> I was, uh, I was gonna say that. That's the one. That's what the fuck. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that at all. Madagascar Three. Are you kidding me? Come on. <laughs> I guess. I guess what it is is they gotta get at least one or two of those big movies to try to draw in the crowds. But man. I don't think Madagascar well, 3 is going to draw in a crowd. I don't think so. But well, what was last year's with uh, Pirates of the Caribbean? Which yeah. Played, which I didn't understand either. Well, at least at least they're not in competition. <laughs> That'd be even worse. Oh my god, that would just be a travesty. Can uh, you imagine Madagascar 3 in being, being in competition? <laughs> I'm just I'm just waiting for the Madagascar three poster to come out and have the official selection thing on oh. it. That'd be so funny. Oh, that's just that's awful. Uh, Madagascar three. What's uh what's the next can movie that you want to talk about? Hmm. Um, well, uh, Holy Rollers, or ho- yeah, Holy Rollers. Good, great. Holy Motors. <laughs> Uh, I was thinking of the Jesse Eisenberg movie. Yeah, every time I see Holy Motors, like, my brain thinks Holy Rollers. Yeah, I don't know why. I've never even seen Holy Rollers. I just, it's stuck in my head because it's always on uh, Netflix's Play Instantly. Yeah. So I, I see the damn cover all the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty, I had this movie on... Uh, on my original list, like the top ten movies that I was excited for for the year, so there's not much known about it. And this no. guy has not made a movie since 1999. I don't know anything about this movie really, except that Kylie Minogue's in it. Neva Mendez. Yes. Kylie Minogue. <laughs> Kylie Minogue. Yeah. And it's it's uh it's about time travel, I guess. Not, I don't know if it's necessarily time travel, but he's, it's a man that moves in between lives. It's always changing. Sometimes he's a man. Sometimes he's a woman. Sometimes he's old. Sometimes he's young. He plays, you know, a murderer, a beggar, a company chairman, a monstrous creature, a family man. He's just all over the place. This does sound like a very interesting concept. I love those types of uh, Groundhog Day type movies. There's a new one coming out called Shuffle that looks that looks good about a guy who every day he wakes up, he's at a different age in his life. Mm, yeah. That sounds really... That looks like it's going to be pretty cool. I, I'd also like to talk about Killing Them Softly, formerly Coggins Trade, which... I think they should have left Coggins Trade. I thought that was a cooler name. This is the one that's uh, written and directed by Andrew Dominic, who did Chopper, which I loved. Uh, He also did The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. This movie also stars Brad Pitt. This looks really cool. Ray Liotta's in it as well. Yeah, Yeah, Ray, Ray Liotta... And Richard Jenkins. Yeah, Richard Jenkins is in it, and James Gandolfini. Yes. This is kind of a... Well, according to IMDb, it says, Jackie Coggin is a professional enforcer who investigates a heist that went down during a mob-protected poker game. Mm, there's not a whole lot that's out with this one. There's just, like, mm-hmm. one still of Brad Pitt looking like a mob guy, and there's no trailers or anything yet, so... Very interested to see this, just because I did love um, the assassination of Jesse James, and I love Chopper. So, yeah. uh, Scoot McNary is also in this movie. I don't know who you that might is. you might remember from Monsters. He was the male lead in oh, Monsters. Oh yes, yes he was. Which he was not good in. So hopefully he's better in this one. I liked Monsters. I hated Monsters. I liked it. I cool. thought it was terrible with the amateur acting. Well, it was very low budget. The Doesn't act- mean you can't act. <laughs> no, that's true, but <laughs> I couldn't afford good actors. <laughs> Any others that you'd like to highlight? 
pretty much everything. But uh, I'm very excited for the new Kurostami movie. Because I'm a huge fan of Kurostami. And this one is taking place in Japan. Mm-hmm. Which, apparently, it seems like he's not going to be making films in Iran anymore. Since the last one took place in France. Uh, I think Iran is a very difficult place to make movies. Mm, well, he made, a, he made a good number there. That were all fantastic. There was, um, did you see anything about that, the movie called This Is Not a Film? It's a documentary about an Iranian, um, director who's, he was working on his next film and the government Mm -hmm. basically shut him down. Yes, I do. I really want to see that. At first I wasn't too into it, but then I kept reading reading, reading about it. I actually heard it's not very good. Oh, really? Yeah, apparently it's it's very dry. Like most of the film is just him recording himself with his iPhone mm. and stuff. Like it, it, I heard it's kind of boring. Like the concept was good, but the execution, like he, I mean, obviously he didn't doesn't have a lot to work with. He's on house arrest. He can't use professional equipment or anything like that. <laughs> so. Well, Curse Zombies Duis movie is uh takes place in Japan, like I said, and uh you know, a pretty young student essentially, you know, sells her body to pay for her studies. What's the just, what's the name of the movie? Like Someone it? in Love. Mm-hmm. And there there is actually a trailer for it online. Which but it doesn't really show you much. But then again his Curse Zombies movies are more about relationships and thoughts and feelings and it's hard to put that into a trailer yeah i haven't seen the trailer for this yet yeah there's you're not really missing much i mean it's just shots of people doing nothing (laughs) so is there any dialogue uh i don't think there is really i think just a little bit Mm. okay well that'll be one to check out like you said the lineup this year is quite good at Cannes. I- I'm pretty excited mm, for mm-hmm. a lot of these. Uh, Correct. Tribeca has a really good lineup this year, too. Yeah. There's some really good stuff. There's some odd stuff as well, like the Paperboy. That seems odd that that's playing. That's the new movie by the guy that did Precious, right? Mm-hmm. Lee Daniels. Lee Daniels. Precious based on the novel Pushed by Sapphire. <laughs> yes. Well, again, Matthew McConaughey and Zac Efron. Yeah, I don't know about that When I haven't read too much about that. Seems like it could be okay. Uh, the other one that's kind of getting some buzz is The Angel's Share by Ken Loach. Is it Loach? Mm-hmm. Now, I saw the, the trailer for this one's out, too. But to me, it doesn't look very good the trailer's not very good though so that could be why it doesn't appeal to me they're calling it i think that in the trailer they quoted it as scotland's full monty or something like that <laughs> and it's like why would you say like why would you say it's anything's full monty when that movie came out so long ago that people don't even remember that probably yeah I don't know, that is odd. But this is Ken Loach's 11th nomination in 31 years, which is a record at Cannes. Oh, that's 11. cool. 11. 11. I, uh, I haven't seen a lot of his stuff. I don't even know if I've seen any of his stuff. I have not seen that much as well. There were several times that I almost saw The Wind That Shakes the Barley, because I remember that came out when... Um, Killian Murphy was kind of blowing up, and I, I I almost saw it, but then I was like, you know what, it doesn't look very good. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was actually the only time that he won the Palm was for the wind that shakes the barley. Hmm. And back in two thousand six. Cool. But also, who? Oh, Michael Haneke. I, I think that's how he said. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that one I doesn't. That doesn't appeal to me to at ask all. You, yeah, I wanted to ask you what you think of Michael Haneke, because I dislike him. I don't like his him. movies. I hated Funny Games. I that, thought that was a terrible movie. 
Yeah, that's the only one that. Uh, what else did he make? Because uh, oh, uh, the, the white, white ribbon. ribbon. That's right, the white ribbon, <laughs> which I did not enjoy either. I'm not a big fan of his. Uh, the f- <sighs> Funny Games is a weird one to talk about. The fact that he did the original and the remake kind of bothers me. I don't like it when people do that. Yes. Uh, the I think and I I I never saw the remake because I didn't like the first one to begin with so why would I watch the American one but I think I think it was you I remember you telling me that it's essentially the exact same movie yeah it's a, just it's American. a shot for shot remake it's the exact same everything's the same except they use English speaking actors that's that's it uh, it's not it's it is what it is uh, there's people that I know that love funny games i don't want to say that i hate it or love it i'm kind of in the middle i think that the end when they i mean i guess it's not too much of a spoiler they break the fourth wall near the end and i didn't understand that and that was the biggest thing for me like i think that he was trying to make some kind of statement on film like genre films or something but i was not into that at all yeah. Being being a huge horror movie buff, I felt like he was kind of being almost condescending to horror movie fans. Mm. And I just I felt like I didn't appreciate that. But no, I'm not too into funny games. I think I would have been on board with it if it wasn't for the end. And the the one shot that they just have that <laughs> her sitting there for like five minutes Mm. Mm. yes and i I hated the whole rewind yes oh my god i hate it as soon as that happened i was like nope i'm out this movie's terrible i saw the remake in the theater and let me tell you this that was an uncomfortable moment when you're sitting in a theater that's like even half full and there's like five minutes of complete silence on screen. <laughs> mm. And of course, the, the theater audience, they didn't understand what was going on. Like, they didn't get it. It was people were there to see a horror movie. And yeah. people were starting to laugh and getting up and leaving. And mm. It was definitely a tough movie. White Ribbon was a tough movie. Yes, yes, it was. Very tough. So much so that I I couldn't do it. (laughs) I was done. I was like, no, I gave you a shot with funny games. I don't know why I gave you a shot with White Ribbon. I think I'm going to have to join join you on this and and just say, no, I'm not into this guy either. No, I don't understand. Like, people are really into him. Yeah. I think that he's, like, one of the best directors working right now and I just don't understand it I believe one of uh, the site's contributors Todd is really into him yes I remember you saying that one of them yeah I think Todd's really into him like isn't White Ribbon like his favorite movie yeah I think so it's very odd Yep. but I don't understand how you can have like a a newer movie be your favorite movie of all time Hmm, I don't know. I mean, it's something just completely blows you away. That's true. It's hard for me to say, oh, that's my favorite movie, because for me, a favorite movie needs to sit with me for a while. It yeah. needs it needs to be a movie that I go back and I rewatch like on a regular basis and still enjoy over and over and over. True. There you have it. Check out Can 2012. Looks like a really good lineup. Mm-hmm. Let's go over our movie predictions. First, let's go back and look at what we predicted last week. And we have three movies that we predicted on. They were Chimpanzee, Think Like a Man, and that stupid Zac Efron one. What's that called? <laughs> the Lucky One. The Lucky One. Uh, I, for- I forget what our predictions were. Okay, so... I predicted on the lucky one, we'll do that one first. I predicted 45%. You you predicted 48. Mm-hmm. And let me just tell you before we started recording this, I looked at the 
results. I'm, be, I'm looking at them right now. And uh, I won. Oh, you I, bastard. I came closest on all of them. You son of a bitch. <laughs> so I predicted 45. You predicted 48. The current Rotten Tomatoes score is 21% for the lucky one. Ouch. Then we have Think Like a Man. I predicted 32. Kevin, you predicted 22. It got a 50. Much higher than I would have expected. Yeah, that's a lot higher than I expected. Chimpanzee, I predicted a 92. You predicted a 93. It only got a 77, which is much mm. lower than I expected. Yes. I didn't and get I a chance to see that yet, but I, I think, think I, I was was correct that it was, you know... Tim Allen. <laughs> I think he probably does no, fine. No, he didn't, yeah. He didn't have anything to do with it. I heard that there were some, from what I read, there were some issues with the actual storytelling aspect of it. Let's go ahead and do our predictions for this week. First up, we have The Raven with John Cusack. John Cusack. (laughs) The Raven. This movie just looks completely horrid. What are you thinking? I'm thinking this is going to bomb. I'm going to go like 20%. 20% on the Raven. Yeah, this movie just looks terrible. I'm going to say I'm going to say it's going to be a little bit better than that. I'm going to say 37. Okay. Say 37%. And we have Jason Statham in Safe. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one. This movie also does not look good. No, it does. It looks like typical Jason Statham, unfortunately. I really mm-hmm. like him, but he just kind of gets typecast. Yeah. You remember when he did good movies? Snatch? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By that, I mean two. <laughs> well, okay. So when I was picking out Ryan's movie this week, I, I kind of wanted to go with the Jason Statham movie because I knew that he liked Jason Statham a lot, but I wanted to make sure I gave him a really bad Jason Statham movie. And I also wanted to give him one that he hasn't seen before, so I ended up going with the Uwe Boll one. But I noticed on his IMDb that his first acting credit is for Lockstock. And I was like, man, mm-hmm. that is a really strong debut. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He went from that to essentially remaking this same movie every year. Yeah, once he did the transporter, that was it for him, unfortunately. Yeah. I think he probably would have played a good James Bond if he didn't get stuck in Transporterville. <laughs> Transporterville. What are you uh, saying for safe? Uh, I'm going to say like 42. 42? 42. Ooh, that's probably around what I would say, too. I'm going to, I'll say 45. Next up, we have the five-year engagement. This is Jason Siegel, Emily Blunt, uh, Allison Brie, and Chris Pratt, who I love. Uh, Chris Pratt is awesome. I think this one's going to be much higher on the on the list. I'm going to say 86%. Mm, I'm going to say 70 Okay. I think we also have Pirates, Band of Misfits. This is the stop motion or claymation i guess it is by the guys that did wallace and gromit chicken run and all those with the voices of hugh grant brandon gleason martin freeman david tennant i'm gonna say well this currently has a score on rotten tomatoes and it's at a 92 but it's gonna i'm gonna say 92 okay I, i win in your face well i think it's gonna drop I think it's going to drop probably not too significantly because usually these movies are pretty good. I heard that they had to cut out the the leper joke in it, though, so that kind of pisses me off. But Why? There was a, apparently, like, <laughs> the Leprosy Association of America or something complained about them making fun of lepers. <laughs> wow. I'm going to say 90 Okay. Are you sticking with ninety two? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that it drops a little bit and say eighty eight. Okay. I don't. Uh, B- Bernie also comes out, but I don't think that that's getting a wide release. Do you know if it's getting a wide release? Mm, I don't think so. 
we're not gonna because we're only gonna do wide release stuff because with the movies that come out in limited release you always have a limited number of critics that see it and I believe that that makes the scores inaccurate I was looking at a movie today on Rotten Tomatoes and it had a hundred percent but it only had 11 critics review yeah. it so it's like that's kind of inaccurate so i think we'll only do like the wide release movies that are going to have a lot of critics so there you have it i think that's a show all right for all the latest film news and reviews visit filmpulse.net and we want to hear your feedback please send us an email at podcast at filmpulse.net or call our wonderful voicemail line at 850-391-6075 also, please take a minute to rate us on iTunes. You can give us a five-star rating, or you can write us a nice review. Give us a two-star rating, you know, just as long as we know what you think. We appreciate that immensely. For FilmPulse.net, my name is Adam. And I'm Kevin. And we will see you on Tuesday for DVD and Blu-ray releases.